Welcome to the Silk and Slopes Friday Conversations. Today we're here with Ethan Lowe and Tom Farr, who are the founders of Swollery. How are you guys? Good, how about you? It is a pretty good day. <laughs> pretty good day. And you guys are the youngest in age and probably the youngest in company life cycle to be up here. So kudos to you and uh, we'll have a fun day. Um, we're going to open it up for uh, the audience to ask some questions um, here in a little, wi- little while. So I think it's a unique opportunity to ask entrepreneurs who are just starting their journey. Um, and feel free if you have any cool advice, um, sprinkle that in as well. But um, let's start with the, the founding story of Swollery. Where did the idea come from? Where did the inspiration come from? Why are you guys doing what you're doing? For sure. Um, me and Tom met at a, um, like a collaborative high school. Um, while we were there, we were doing a business class, and we were on our way um, down to St. George for a trip, and we were like, we should start a business together. Like It just kind of popped in our heads. We were both pretty entrepreneurial-minded, um, and we didn't really have a pure idea of, like, okay, what business are we going to start, but we just started thinking about it more. Um, we both, you know, we realized we're huge into the gym together. Tom's bigger than me, but, you know, I still try. And uh, we were down, and we find these products that we were able to source, and we were like, you know what, this could really work, right? Um, I was also born with congenital heart disease, so my whole life, like, you know, I've been struggling to keep up with the rest of people as far as athleticism goes. And I saw these and I was like, this could kind of be the best way to show other people, like, you know, motivation. If I can, if I can keep up with people in the gym, anyone can, right? So um, we, you know, we found these products. I remember it was November 14th of last year. Yep. <laughs> um, and we, we had our first sale online. And that's when we knew we were like, oh, this could actually, this could actually work. Like, this is not just a business idea anymore. This is a f- business. So, um, you know, we started taking off from there. You can tell them about, like, Investness. Um, yeah. So um, at that CTE school, um, what we got to do is work with a bunch of industries. And uh, one of the big ones was this big industry called Investness. And so it was a group that created a Shark Tank event for a bunch of students of part of high schools to go like be a part of. And so what we were able to do, we were able to help run that event and find people that were uh, involved with that. And so with that, we got a bunch of people to pour money into it so that we could give the winner $10,000. And um, we were able to also actually be in that event, and we got second place and won $5,000 to put that into our business as well. And so with that, that also helped us a lot to kind of jumpstart our business and be able to work on everything that we did especially when we're just teenagers and stuff like we don't we don't have like five thousand dollars to pour into a business that we just started and everything and so that was something really good and um another thing that like we really thought was cool was everyone like i think it was kind of like a fad last year especially like drop shipping kind of became big and it was like oh like anyone can do it and stuff and so that was kind of like the heart of like when we started this because first of all we were young teenagers we like didn't know how to run a business. We didn't know any of these aspects yet. And so we saw this and like, you don't have to have a lot of capita to start this. And so we started doing it by drop shipping. But out, over time, I think what we've done is we've been able to find suppliers and find more people to manufacture jewelry, jewelry <laughs> instead of um, actually like just sourcing it through like AliExpress or something like that. And so I think over time, we're able to understand the business, understand that it's not just about drop shipping and that we can actually make this more than just a drop shipping business and make it more than that. Very cool. For those that don't know, for example, me, I just went to the website today 
uh, and it's cool. It's like thunder clouds and lightning. But uh, what do you guys do? What do you sell? What are your products? Yeah. So we um, we're a gym themed jewelry and accessories and apparel brand. Um, we have a huge focus on like bracelets, necklaces, keychains. Um, they're all you know centered around the gym and motivation. So swollery stands for swole jewelry, which you know it's all about being in the gym. Um, getting to your best potential, realizing that. And so, like, I you probably can't see from up here, but we have, like, dumbbell bracelets. Um, we've made pendants with dumbbells on them. We've worked with Bucked Up with making them their own um, bracelets and, well, n- necklaces right now with pendants. So um, we're just, you know, we're in the business of making jewelry and apparel for gym rats and lovers alike. Very cool. So you mentioned... Um little capital through winning a, a pitch competition. Um, you've got to get your ducks in a row for that, right? Like, um, there's certain things that judges probably want and, and need. You mentioned drop shipping, and uh, there's a lot that goes into that sale, right? Like, a lot of people keep their first dollar that they ever made. But um, ultimately, you landed on the concept of jewelry and... Um, the manufacturing of is not like that, right? Like you guys have to have a little design, a little drawing, and then you have to find people that actually makes it. So who who uh, sources your your jewelry? We we work with um, just like suppliers through um, Alibaba's a great website to actually find. Like you can just start an inquiry. Like I need this type of jewelry and this quantity, and a lot of people will like quote you for it. And so we're able to just find through that. I don't actually know the exact one we use right now, like the name, because it's mainly just, you know, <laughs> Alibaba is kind of the name for it, right? But, um, yeah, we're just able to use that pretty efficiently. And me and Tom, we're both pretty creative. Like, we'll design something together. We'll bounce it off each other. and then Yeah, for sure. Send it over. So how long does it take from in your brain to on a piece of paper or some 3D CAD drawing software to the supplier manufacturer to somebody's wrist i think like maybe like the most like the longest part is probably going to be like designing because like when it comes to a design like obviously you have to go through like these softwares or whatever you want to design stuff on because you can make you can draw a picture and send that to somebody and they can be like how am i supposed to make this you know and so like i think like around like a month is what we kind of have right now especially from like an idea to like actually getting it to our step especially with like shipping and stuff like that and so that's kind of the big thing um, but other than that, I would say around like a month and sometimes it can be less depending on clothing, whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of our clothing, we source it through a printer in Ogden. He's a good friend of ours now. And so he, he's able to get these wholesale prices on clothes. We just have him print, ship it to us. That's usually like three weeks. We'll do like a pre-order on our website sometimes. Sometimes we'll just straight drop it. And then, you know, we'll ship it out the day we get the order or the day the pre-orders close. So, you know, you're looking at a month, maybe a month and a week from the time we have the idea um, to the time it's actually like in someone's hands. So Okay. So there's a story behind this you mentioned, you know, with uh, with your heart issues. Um, and going to the gym, some people like, most people don't go. And then there's a group that goes and they don't like it, but they keep going, right? Um, which is cool. So the... The branding, the marketing, how do you guys tie in the story to ultimately help motivate these people? Because it is something they'll see, right, if they're doing 
bench press or whatever. Um, I think, like, one of the things that we started from the beginning was kind of saying progress over excuses. And, like, maybe at first we were just saying it to say it. But, like, more, like, especially with his heart stuff and, like, even growing up as a teenager, I think we can all be a little self-conscious about ourselves. But um, we kind of came up with progress over excuses, and that's, like, for everyone. Like, even if, like, you don't go to the gym, like, in your daily life. So it's, like, just a reminder to say. And so... Um, we don't have a necklace of that yet, but we're like working on one right now. But I think that's one of the big things that we live by, and we incorporate that with our social media. It's in our it's in our bio on our Instagram. Um, using it like just like to publicize it, like in our reels and stuff like that, is a big part of us. And just like just how to like say and kind of tell everyone like progress over excuses. Like the more excuses you make, the more like you're just not gonna go to the gym or not do this or not do that. So it's like something that we live by, and we try and. Make sure everyone else tries to live by that with our jewelry. Yeah. So there's fun parts of, of growing a business, and then if people are actually honest, there's unfun or not fun parts. Um, I noticed you guys didn't ask me to be the model on Instagram, right? <laughs> but there's some hot dudes, and the, they clearly go to the gym a lot, and uh, they're rocking your gear, and, and there's a whole strategy with influencers and it's not my um, area of expertise, but that seems kind of like the fun part. And then you've got the dealing with the pricing or suppliers or where did that shipment go? Or you said you were going to do this and you didn't, you know, getting ripped off. How did you guys and how are you guys dividing up the division of duties? Because at some point you might hire somebody, right? And that's called human resources. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, there's probably forms and, and tax stuff. Who's going to deal with that? Who's going to deal with the fun? Who's going to deal with uh, the middle of the road stuff? How did you guys figure that out? I think rule of thumb, I do the fun stuff. Tom does the <laughs> business stuff. But no, we've, we've split it up. I'd say we're 50-50 on everything. And when a problem arises, it's just kind of like, okay, who do we think can do it better? So we like actually set like names like Tom CFO, I'm CMO as of like a few months ago. And so I focus a lot on getting photo shoots together, getting, you know, product out there. Tom focuses a lot on, um, you know, financial side of it. A lot of photo shoots, too. He's really good at photography. But, um, you know, in the future when we're, like, dealing with, oh, we're hiring people, we got to file a W-4, all this fun stuff, like, um, I think it just, I think we both look at it and we just see yeah, for sure. who knows what better, <laughs> you okay. know? And uh, the... The social media, for example, right? Again, not my area of expertise, but how do you guys know what's working and what's not working? Numbers. Um, I don't run the social media, but there was a point when we both kind of tried to piggyback off of each other. But, um, like, I mean, we both use social media, right? So, I mean, it's probably more a question to ask him. But numbers, of course. Just you can look at analytics with posts, right? So um, Reels, Instagram's algorithms has been pushing Reels a lot the last year or so, but actually well even longer than that but it's died off a little bit lately so you know i'm trying to adjust to that like i've noticed you know um we've grown our following but we haven't grown as many likes on our posts and i'm like why is that so it's a lot of it's just the quality of your content does is it engaging does it hook someone in um and if it does and it's not performing well then you know maybe you're hashtagging things weird maybe you're targeting the wrong audience so a lot of it's just knowing exactly who your customer segment is right knowing what they want to see putting that out there if one post gets 200 likes and then the next one gets 50, then I look back at the 200 and think, 
oh, I, I did this way better on the 200. I'll just try and copy and paste that, right? We love doing collaborative posts with people we work with, other companies, whatever, because that'll get their following and our following to see the post. And those posts do the best, like, every time. So, you know, it's really just comes down to the numbers and what – it's pretty simple to see, okay, this one got this many views, this one didn't. What's different? Okay. But ultimately, like, the numbers you care the most about is, like, moving product and, and revenue, right? So do you see a direct uh, correlation to a social media campaign that was well run, and does it translate into your shipping more product? I, yeah, for sure. We're, we're still working on getting our social media down as far as marketing goes. We've spent very little money on ads, which, like, most of our growth has been purely organic. Like, our sales, we don't do a lot of marketing for it. And we're, we're finally like getting to the point where we understand marketing so we can actually do it. Um, and so that, that's been a process. But now that we, we understand it better, we're, we're able to see that correlation a bit more. But a lot of our sales don't directly come off of our Instagram. It's just word of mouth or um, Shopify has an app called the Shop app. That thing's amazing. It just exists. And kind of like Amazon, if your product gets bought, it'll get suggested to other people. So... Um, yeah, no, we're definitely trying to see a correlation with that, and I'm sure we'll see it once we spend a lot more money on ads. Sure. <laughs> and ultimately, the the pricing, um, what is the, the pricing for, for some of your products? How did you land on that? Um, are the margins good on some, not as good as uh, others? Are there any loss leaders? This is the not fun stuff, I think, right? Because you can have <laughs> spreadsheets and things like that. This isn't the favorite thing to do, of course. You know, I'm not on the fun side of it, apparently. But um, I think, like, for something like a necklace, we usually charge, like, 10 to 12 bucks at the most. And so we feel like that's a really good price point, especially for, I mean, people our age. I mean, we're not looking to buy something that's, like, $40, $50, especially if we're this young. Like, maybe if you're an adult and you want to buy, like, a necklace that will last you forever, then, yeah, of course. But, like, when we're our age, like, we're going to lose things and stuff and that's just part of life and so we find it's a good price point um for that and then also with bracelets it's like eight to ten bucks as well and so for things like that it's like we're just trying to get into the market of course um yeah maybe down the road we could totally like manufacture more expensive jewelry but i think this is like a good way to kind of come up into it where it's inexpensive something that's easily accessible and something that um like people our age can buy yeah and as far as margins go it's like most of our jewelry is around 80 percent so we're able to you know, landed, get things for like 3 to $4, sell them 10 to 12 maybe even 15 is our price range. So, you know, we have, we have other costs that can eat up at the margins, but as far as just like if you bought something right off the website and we had it in stock already, it, we'd make like 80 90% profit margins, which is pretty good. The clothing side of it, which we've delved <laughs> into recently, that's, that's where you get, you know, loss leaders or just way lower, um, you know, industry standard would be at like 30 to 40%. And we're probably 25 to 30% right now, which not amazing, but it's definitely, it's definitely harder to sell clothing than it is to sell jewelry in our brand. Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of consumer goods companies on this stage, and they all started somewhere, right? Like, and a lot of them have gotten really big, and, and now they're kind of behemoths. But there's a saying, right, like, that dog won't hunt. And you guys probably have some products that perform better than others. You probably have some favorites. You probably have some that you're emotionally tied to, but that dog won't hunt. Um, what is your best-selling products, and have you guys evolved to a point where you can tell 
this is just this particular one is not working and we're going to put it out to pasture um so obviously like our uh, favorite necklace that we sell not just emotionally but um like obviously like down to the numbers our favorite uh necklace is going to be like our 45 plate one so it's basically like a 45 plate that you'd see at the gym right it's just that on a pendant with a rope necklace um that one's like our best seller. Everyone that's kind of got us like our big breakthrough. I think like at the beginning we did like we started with like dumbbell bracelets, and of course like those weren't necklaces and stuff. And so maybe those were good accessories, but then once that necklace came, I think that kind of gave us a little bit more momentum because it was just something different to introduce, and that's been our favorite. Has, have you had any that are just duds and you gotta? <laughs> it's been a couple. It's more like colors of certain yeah. ones. Like we had these. Um, they're pretty cool. They're a stainless steel Cuban link, um, and it's got a dumbbell on it. Um, those bad boys retail for 15 so that's a bigger seller. But anytime someone likes it, they'll buy it on the spot. They, it's just a, it's a really good seller for the people that like it, you know. Um, but we had two colors on it, a rose gold and a gold, yeah. that we'd sold like one or two at in total. And we just decided, we'll, we'll take that off the site. Like, it's not worth buying an inventory just to have one or two sales with it eventually. So we, it's there's colorways of product that we decide. I I fought hard for the girls <laughs> golden gold. I was like, ah, oh, but they could still be on the website. But Tom was right. I was like, you know what? It, it's not it's not furthering our our brand right now. So yeah. um, we've talked a lot about social media, um, but there's a lot of ways to skin the cat, right? So like, if you're gonna sell me something, it won't be through social media. It might be the website. But even then, probably not. It's just not. Uh, I'm like an 88-year-old person. Like it's either in person or not yeah. at all. Um, but having said that, like if I came across you guys at a farmers market or some fair, mm-hmm. you know, I would buy just because uh, you're nice and you're young and you've got like a full tank of gas and it's impressive, right? <laughs> what do I care? I'll spend 20 bucks to help you guys. Yeah, uh, what other ways are you guys getting product into people's hands? Uh, what do you think's working? And then ultimately, what are your future plans to move more product? For sure. Um, we, we do farmer markets. We <laughs> try and find everyone possible. I'm up in Cash Valley at Utah State. Tom's at Weber in Ogden. So we're able to kind of divide and conquer events that way. Um, you know, we love to sell there. That's We make the most money when we're there because of, you know, people that appreciate the product or just appreciate the fact that we're selling it. Um, we work with Bucked Up, right? So we met them at an entrepreneur event. They're amazing. Love Crazy. Jeff and Ryan. Um, and they were able to sell at three of their stores right now. Um, they're opening a City Creek location. And they, they buy from us probably. We just wholesale to them. Um, they buy, what, every two weeks or so from us probably yeah they sell within like two weeks most of the time yeah so they're they're frequently buying from us um i see a lot of potential i know you do too tom like with other retailers like this right like the goal would be to have you know gnc having a display in every one of their stores of ours because it goes hand in hand you know the people buying supplements there are the people buying our bracelets so um a lot of that um you can tell them about like utah warriors yeah. Um, so I guess like one of the biggest things, uh, got a message on LinkedIn the other day from a sales representative from the Utah Warriors. It's a rugby team. Oh, I know. Um, so yeah, know. there you go. Um, <laughs> she uh, she reached out to me and she was asking about uh, collaboration. So we're gonna we're gonna we're having a meeting with her soon. We're gonna figure out how we could make that work. But um, I think that was probably one of the coolest things. Um, 
was kind of a first. But like, yeah, just meeting people and stuff like that, and having going to markets and stuff. We we even went to like a sneaker convention, brought our stuff there. Like, we sold some shoes, and they're like, oh, like if you like the gym, here's this too. So it's like, just like little things that we can like squeeze our stuff into, even if it's not like the perfect thing. Like sneakers, like how does that relate to jewelry? But like, that was something like that. It was just really cool. But um, yeah, just like collaborations outside and inside of social media. I love it. Um, yeah, the Utah Warriors are a longtime partner, and uh, a Utah Warriors game is the best way you can spend a Saturday afternoon, way better than every other sporting event in Utah. So you pick the right partners there. Yeah. Um, the world's your oyster. I'm kind of jealous sitting here old and fat, and you guys are opposite. Um, you're going to have a couple of failures, but you're, you guys are like, partnering with Bucked Up, right? Like, they were here two months ago. And uh, the Bucked Up brothers fist fight each other. They talked about it in detail. Like, they fought fists out on I-15, right right out there. Not that long ago, right? So everyone's got their own speed. Their speed is very fast and aggressive. Um, And that's how they settle disputes. I don't think that's how you guys do. But um, what what do you guys do when you uh, have disagreements on the the direction of the business? That's um, a good question. It is a good question. I don't know. I think like I think over time we both kind of just come to a conclusion. I mean, I guess like one example was like when we had like those bracelets and stuff. Like I don't know. I guess like when you see something on a website that doesn't sell, it's like you don't necessarily see a reason to keep selling it and stuff. And like as much as like you still want to have it, that you can always get that product back. And so like. I think when you find like a good in, like middle and in between to kind of figure things out, and especially like if he has a, if his idea is better, like obviously that's the better idea to go with. Yeah, we'll we'll ask a lot of outside people too. We we have a group of friends that all want to see us succeed, and we call them the Council of Swollery as a joke because <laughs> it sounds cool. But you know, we'll just we'll text the council, like guys, what's your thought on this shirt? Like maybe Tom has design A for it, I've designed B, and they'll say uh, we say A. So I'm like, okay, like the people have spoken. I wouldn't want to do something people don't want um you know outside like we'll ask our parents they're huge support um anytime but we don't we don't really have a ton of disputes i'd say it's just more like how do we get our like message across in the best possible cleanest way so if one of us is out of line with that it's pretty easy for the other to just knock them back in you know so you don't fist fight though not usually not yet i guess all right that's good tom can bench more than me so that'd be a tough (laughs) one um, that is one of the questions I'll have later, but, uh, let's get the microphone out, um, for those in the audience, get your courage up, get your questions ready for Ethan and Tom. Um, you guys meant, you mentioned you're, you're both in school. Um, how much time are you able to dedicate to the business versus, uh, dating and going to school and being a college kid? Life's busy for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could put exact hours on it, but I I try and spend like one or two hours a day doing something for the business. And, you know, if we have to fulfill orders, that takes an hour or two of the day, and that has to be done, I'll do it. But Tom does all the order fulfillment right now, so that definitely takes a decent chunk of your time. So fun. <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely. I think it's kind of like it's just like we try and work around it the best we can and stuff. And even if you're at school and it's like something that like – I don't know if you doze off. It's like you're just looking through suppliers, like oh, like oh, maybe I can do this today. Or like, I don't know, just like things like that. I think like we balance it out pretty well, but it's definitely been like hectic with like school and everything. But all right, just speak up right here. Uh, yeah, have you had any issue dealing with uh, your vendors overseas? 
you know, like communication issue, quality control, shaping, customer, uh, yeah, all, all those kind of things. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say so. Um, I think communication is probably a big one. I don't. I think they use like Google Translate probably to talk to us or something. But um, I think it's like I think kind of being like really specific is something that we've really had to like learn and stuff because like if you're not absolutely specific, you're not gonna get like what you want out of it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's sometimes it's hard to convey your message just with like words and pictures versus I don't know something about being in person is just easier so sometimes like we got in a new um, woman's line of necklaces that we're releasing on Monday and we like they had messed up some of them some of them were a little less good on the quality side than we expected and so you know we reach out we figure it out Um, sometimes they don't really hear how we're describing a detail of how we want um, something to look finished and so it's definitely not the easiest. We're, we're thinking in the future we'll take a trip out to China or Japan and actually find a supplier we can shake hands with versus just um, texting. So it's, it's not the easiest, but it's, it's probably the, mo- it's the best that we have right now, you know. Okay. Um, so you guys have done uh, multiple products. So how, how do you um, decide which suppliers are doing which products and also – in the example of the necklaces for the women's line, is that the same supplier that had different finishes and you had to talk to them about? So I just want to kind of see the supplier picture. Yeah, we've we've used two main Chinese suppliers. Um, one of them was one that I had found, and one of them was Tom had found. The one I had found did our bucked-up necklaces. Um, the one Tom found did these women's ones. Um, and the one with me, we recently we tried to make another bucked-up necklace. It's a 45 plate with a buck on it. It's cool. Um, but the way they made it wasn't the like the inlay. It's a little hard to explain, but yeah, it wasn't what you want. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Basically, I think different suppliers are good at different things, especially with like when it comes to, like a finish or something of a necklace. And so it's like depending on what you kind of want. Like if someone does like a if someone makes like a certain finish that you want on this necklace and you want that for like another one, yeah, that same supplier will probably be contacted for that. But sometimes, like, the supplier won't be able to do that same thing that this other one could, so maybe you'll just have two different ones that manufacture, like, two different finishes just because, like, they can't do this finish like this company or this supplier does when, like, vice versa. So it kind of just depends on the product and, like, how you want it to be. In your disagreements with the supplier, do you get refunded, or are they like, well, suck it up, just pay us to do, you know... <laughs> Usually it's it's on our like on our side of things cuz yeah. Alibaba's good about like customer like trade assurance, right? If if the supplier messes up your order, that's their fault. So, I we we haven't had anything where it's like, "Oh, we just got hosed. We just lost a lot of money." <laughs> We've had sometimes like miscommunications where I say, "Hey, could you make me a mock-up of these?" And they're like, "Oh, we just made 200." I'm like, "We weren't ready to buy those yet." And so, they might be frustrated, but we didn't we didn't say that, but it's it's on them most of the time, which is which is nice for us, but yeah. we don't we don't abuse that by any means. What advice do you have for uh, high schoolers and and college kids that are similar to you that are uh, entrepreneurial and uh, some wins and some failures? I would just say start as soon as you can. I wish I w- I wish we would have started this like Seriously. early high school. I think like the main thing like in high school is like. Everyone's trying to be cool and stuff, and I think the main thing is, like, if you want to do something, do it when you're young because, like, yeah, we still did it when we were 17 years old, but, like, we wish we would have done it when we were 16 or 15. Like, even if we couldn't have had the actual ownership in our names, you know, like, 
we wish we would have started it earlier because there's so much more potential we could have had out of it. And if you're older and still looking to start any age, right, it just, just start today. Like, I've had people approach me and be like, how do I start a business? I'm like, just start. Like, it, <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds a little too simple, right? But just if you have a product and you know it's going to do well, then make a website already, right? Like, again, progress over excuses. Don't, don't limit yourself to just what you think can happen because we didn't think we'd be making custom jewelry for Bucked Up. And if we did, we thought it would be in, like, 10 years. But that happened months ago, right? <laughs> So it, it just all kind of depends on your mindset and how hard you want it, how bad you want it. Good for you guys. Any more questions? Yeah, curious, now that you're in the business and going to school, what are you going to school for? Is it business or something unrelated to the business? What are you guys studying in school? Um, um, yeah, so I'm finishing a minor in entrepreneurship, and then I plan on going to, uh, I think, like, business admin or somewhere in there. I'm not 100% sure yet, but it's mine's definitely going to be in business, and I'm sure Ethan's is yeah. as well. Same here. I'm majoring in marketing as of now, minor in entrepreneurship as well, and then my goal, I think we might both do this. The U has a master's of business creation. Um, I think we'll both end up there, which is a pretty sweet program. So, um, yeah, marketing, entrepreneurship, and, yeah. And you probably at some point soon, or if you're not there already, know more than your professors. Some of them. Some of them, some of them blow them. me away. Some but. of them. <laughs> um, okay. How much money did you guys invest in the company? Do you have any investors currently? I think when we started, because we started drop shipping from the beginning, I think like we didn't really sacrifice more than like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, minimal, minimal. And then once we won Investness, that got us 5K. Um, and we also got this scholarship from EY Ernst & Young um, for Youth Entrepreneurs of the Year last year. Um, so that was pretty cool. And that gave us 2500 2000 2000 yeah, So we had, we had a decent chunk of money from that. But when we like, initially started um, back of last year, it was just kind of like 50 bucks here, 50 bucks there to just get inventory um, out. But dropshipping was a good way to start just because it had zero upfront costs. As we moved into e-commerce, it was good timing that we had, um, you know, seven grand to go off of because that's how we were able to get all our inventory actually overseas to us, um, be able to go to events, get designs up, like, you know, more product. What's your goal and where do you uh, see the, the business going in um, three to four years? Is that, yeah. Um, so... We want to just motivate everybody. I think, obviously, with progress over excuses, we want to be able to motivate everybody and um, to go to the gym and, like, just motivation to do whatever they want to do. Um, one big thing is, like, at the get-go, we, like, we're talking to some football coaches about getting jewelry to, like, their, like, their uh, athletes and stuff, and I think we want to, like, circle around and, like, manufacture jewelry for, like, other sports teams and stuff. I think that would be awesome and kind of help them, like, maybe get motivated to, like, oh, if they have, like, a necklace that's, like, gold for like oh you like bench the most or whatever like just like to help push and motivate these athletes to do better in what they do yeah um me and tom are both um planning on serving lds missions within the year tom in like march february me in like august so um with that we're gonna have to take a little hiatus right we're we're actually like looking to hire someone on as like the next ceo basically while we're gone so our momentum doesn't lose its steam at the very least we you know somewhat stagnate versus just declining um and then when we're back we're hoping to open up a retail location um that's that's in the books we're hoping to expand more with bucked up gnc 
more stores like that and yeah more collegiate teams high school teams um we we have a pretty well thought plan of how to actually penetrate into these sectors we have some pretty good connections to do that but you know we're always looking for people who are willing to like you know put a sports team on with us or um i mean any sort of athletic group or anything like that so you know three four years we're hoping to have a lot more people selling our things than right now very cool it sounds like you need another co-founder you guys are going to be gone for a while third one basically (laughs) yeah good for you like that's a fun uh business case study right there right start a business leave for two years yeah good for you guys well thank you so much ethan and tom for uh for joining us here today congrats on all of your success congrats on uh starting it right and um i'm sure your parents are very proud of both of you so kudos to you guys on that last question uh how much can you uh bench press tom 245 ethan my doctor said i shouldn't go above 100 but 200 there you go okay thank you guys appreciate it